Hey, Suspect listeners, welcome back to another episode of Suspect. Um, Do you guys hear anything different about my quality, my voice? No? Well, let me tell you. I finally ordered my mic and my mic stand, so all the quality that you guys hear from this point out should be really good quality. It's a great microphone. Um, I got a really great deal on it, so I'm really excited to have this, and I don't have to record with my AirPods anymore. So one step at a time, guys, one step at a time. I'm definitely so excited to have this. I got this last week, and it actually took me a couple of days to set it up just because personally, I've never used my own microphone. Every time I've ever used one, somebody else has always set it up for me. So it consisted of watching a lot of YouTube videos and figuring out how to set this specific mic up with my computer. And um, I also had to get an audio interface, which I'm sure a lot of you who do any kind of media stuff know what that is, but basically it just controls the volume on your mic and all your mic settings. So I had to figure all that out and it was a process, but we are here now. I'm hooked up. I'm ready to go and I'm ready just to push out episodes for you guys. I am so fucking excited to have this. I really feel like this is the first step for me, like the first step to really getting this business and this podcast to see where to be where I want it to be is what I meant to say. (laughs) So bear with me as I figure out this mic through the episodes. I think I've kind of figured out where my volume needs to be. But again, um, it is something that I'm still getting used to. So if anything sounds off or different about it, I will figure it out by the next episode. (laughs) So I don't know if any of you follow me on social media, but if you do, then you saw that I posted merch recently with the first suspect logo on the shirts. Um, I have shirts, long sleeve and short sleeve. You can do standard t-shirt cut or a v-neck cut and I'm also doing stickers. I also will be adding beanies with the suspect logo onto the website probably by the end of this week. So look out for that. The website is up and running. If you guys want to go check it out, it's suspectpodcast.com. The three merch pieces that I just talked about are already on the site and they're available for purchase. So if you're able to go over there and do that and you want one, please do. I really appreciate the support, even if it's just a sticker. It helps me more than you guys know. I really want to keep buying quality items and just doing what I can to keep making this podcast grow. And I know that a lot of that is investing in myself. For all of you that have bought shirts or tell me that you're buying shirts soon, for those of you who are a monthly supporter, because I do have a few of those, anybody supporting the podcast at all, even if you're just leaving a review and giving me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts, it really, really helps more than you guys can probably even imagine. It helps boost the podcast up so it gets recognized more. It helps me be able to invest in myself and this podcast more. It just does so many things. So if you can just take, so if you can just do any of those things and you are a supporter and a listener of the podcast and you love the podcast, please, one of those, (laughs) I would love you forever. Even if it's just a review on Apple Podcasts, like I said, that takes about three minutes and does wonders. And I really suggest that you guys do that for any of the podcasts that you listen to. If you're able to purchase merch or if you're able to leave a review or a rating, 
do that because it really, really helps so, so much. And I know that I've said this like five times already, but I don't think the listeners understand how much it helps us. And I personally go and read all the reviews that I get on Apple Podcast or yeah, Apple Podcast. So I appreciate all of you who have left a review. You guys are very sweet and I love you. (laughs) I hope everybody listening is staying safe. I don't know where you live, but personally where I live in Colorado, I'm actually looking out the window and we are in the middle of a snowstorm. Um, I'm a Florida girl, so I don't. I don't really know like anything over three inches and it's like count me the fuck out like I I don't want to be outside I don't want to be in my car I just want to be in my house not doing anything but there's people still driving and I feel like there's like a foot of snow outside and I just if you're in Colorado and you're listening to this it is Sunday and the snow is crazy and I hope that you were inside being safe just drinking some tea or coffee enjoying your Sunday afternoon but if you are driving Please drive very, very slow. Don't take your corners fast. Take your time. That's all. Driving in the snow is so scary. Like I said, I don't know where you guys live who are listening. I know we have people in different countries, all over America, just everywhere listening in. So I don't know if you guys have driven in the snow, but before I moved out to Colorado, Florida, we get a lot of rain, right? So I'm like, oh, well, I'm used to driving and like, wet conditions like I'll be fine I'll figure it out it's not that big of a deal no fuck that I literally have the worst anxiety every time it snows and I have to go out in my car it is the absolute worst the ice is terrifying it's literally like ice skating in your car but you have no fucking control over anything like I don't know it's terrible 10 out of 10 do not recommend it's a no from me chief (laughs) I'm hoping, honestly, that this year clears up soon and we're able to go back to normal life. Um, I know the vaccine is something that I've seen a lot of people getting and a lot of people are signed up to get. So I hope that, you know, things just go back to normal lately, guys. It's just been kind of tough for me the last year and a half. I've grown so much, but also it's like I did not expect to come to Colorado and like the pandemic hit like a month later. So I haven't been able to do all the things that I want to do and it's been a lot of adjusting and like a big city with not a lot of friends here and it's been hard but I'm hopeful that we are just about out of this and if not that we find a way to adjust to this to where we can at least feel some kind of normalcy in our fucking day-to-day because I feel like I have none like (laughs) go to work I come home and that is it I want to go climb a fucking mountain or something I don't know but I do hope that everybody is staying safe and that everybody is being hopeful and if you are anxious or have anxiety or depression or anything like that just know that you're not alone I am here for you here with you and we are all having bad days. I promise you that even if it doesn't feel like that, we are all having bad days. So like I said, go check out the website if you guys haven't checked that out. That's suspectpodcast.com. Check out the merch. Shoot me a message if you have any different merch ideas that you would like me to post up on the website. Any of my artists out there that love to draw, if you guys have any interpretations of any of the suspect logos that you'd like to design yourself and send over to me, 
I'd love to potentially put that up on the site as well. So I'm all about putting other people on and working with other people and really connecting and networking. So if you're listening and you have any kind of talents or anything that you'd like to work with me on, please reach out to me, whether that's the email suspectpodcast1 at gmail.com. You can reach out to my Instagram personal at Katie underscore Kennedy with two D's on Instagram or at suspect podcast on Instagram as well. Shoot me a message at any one of those places and I will get back to you and I would love to work with you. I do have some local businesses here in Denver that I've been emailing back and forth with and chatting with them, talking about working together um, business to business locally. So that is something that I will keep you guys posted on and give you more details on when I have more myself. (laughs) So last week we talked about Elisa Lamb. I do hope that you guys enjoyed that episode and that you did more research on your own to find even more crazy details and that if you hadn't already watched the documentary on Netflix, The Cecil Hotel, go check that out. It's four episodes, I think, and it's crazy, just baffling. I mentioned last week that this week we're going to be talking about Katie's Law. This week's episode will probably be pretty short and to the point. It's not, it's one of those cases that I wanted to do for a long time, but I haven't like, I I found details on it, but I haven't been able to find the amount of details that I would like on it. So I've just been sitting on it for literally like a year at this point, I guess. And I'm just going to do it, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I'm just going to do it. I do hope that they will release more details on the case, but it is one of those cases that you kind of have to dig into your Google searches on trying to find different articles and piecing stuff together. So I tried to piece together as much as I could from different articles that I did obtain my information from. But definitely, again, I will always advise you guys to do your own research if this is a case that you want to know more details on or if you think something's missing from what I've told you. I'm a big supporter of doing your own research, educating yourself, knowing the facts yourself. I'm just giving you what I have found personally. I know we have some um, FBI agents, self-proclaimed FBI agents out there that are probably way better at this than I am. So But I love doing it, and I'm here to share this case with you guys this week, and we are going to jump into it right after this, guys. So talking about Katie's Law today, just to give you guys a little background, Katie's Law is a law that was stated based on basically a kidnap and murder case that occurred. So we're going to jump right into the story. We're going to be talking about Katie Sepik. I think that's how you pronounce it. I'm so sorry. I'm just not good with names, honestly, at all. My pronunciation is pretty much always incorrect. So Katie Sepik, she's 22 at the time, and she's working on her master's degree in business at NSMU. She's from a pretty prominent family. Her dad's the former president of a major company. She had recently, the year before, met a guy from school, and they were beginning to talk about marriage. She had a great big smile and great big eyes. She was the kind of girl that when she walked into the room, she just lit the whole entire room up. She was the center of attention and the life of the party wherever she was. So I'm taking you guys to August 30th, 2003. We're going to be in the area of East La Cruz, where Katie and some of her friends go to a party that Saturday night. 
Katie leaves the party about 3 a.m. And it's rumored that her and her boyfriend, whose name was Joe, had gotten into an argument or maybe that she was tired and that she was just ready to go home. But regardless of that, she leaves the party and this party had about 50 to 60 people attending it at the time and she starts to walk home. So Katie's house was about three blocks away from the party and somewhere within that three blocks, Katie vanishes. Poof, gone. So Katie's reported missing by her two roommates on Sunday when she doesn't return home. For most of the day, sheriff investigators basically went through the entire neighborhood looking for clues. Her body had been found by target shooters at the dump early on Sunday morning, about eight hours before they reported her missing to the police. Investigators say that she had been raped and that her body was dumped somewhere there during the night. So investigators start to gather DNA samples from about all 60 people who attended the party. Authorities say the boyfriend was the only person at the party who had refused to submit a DNA sample on the advice of his attorney, but he openly gives permission for them to search anything that they want, basically his house, his car, etc. Joe had actually left the party that night after realizing that Katie had left and he searched for her until around 4 p.m. the next day. Around 4 p.m. on August 30th, he had called in to report her missing as well to police, not knowing that her body had already been discovered just four hours earlier. September 3rd, 2003, autopsy results reveal that Katie had been strangled. So the police continue to investigate, even asking the public for leads, but they don't really find much at all. District attorney at the time, Susanna Martinez, said that the lack of progress was frustrating, but that they had continued to follow every lead that they could. Martinez also said in 2004 that already tens of thousands of dollars had been spent on DNA tests. Since 1997, New Mexico has required that felons provide DNA samples in hopes that those samples will help them solve more crimes. Because of her parents' efforts, Katie's unsolved murder led this year's New Mexico legislator to expand the number of people who must provide DNA samples to include anyone who was arrested on a violent felony charge. In December 2006, the New Mexico correction system runs a DNA sample that had been set aside, and it immediately provides a partial match to the DNA that was found on Katie's body, under her fingernails and on her body. It matched to 27-year-old Gabriela Villa, who had been an inmate since November 2004, where he was sentenced to nine years for aggravated burglary and intent to commit aggravated assault. The offenses occurred in November 2003, just nine weeks after Katie's murder. Investigators obtained a search warrant to get a new sample from a villa, and on December 11, 2006, the samples matched. Investigators questioned Avila, who provided details of the murder scene that only he could have known. On December 22, 2006, Avila confesses from his cell to the murder of Katie Sepik. He told investigators he raped and killed Katie outside her bedroom window in the early morning hours of August 3, 2003. Which just makes me so sad because it's like we know that her house is only three blocks from the where like the party where she was at. And the fact that she was like, 
outside her fucking bedroom window already. It's like she was literally almost back. Like, uh, I don't know. Investigators also located and seized the truck believed to have been used to transport Katie's body. The truck had been sold and the new owner consented to its seizure. Investigators were also able to obtain a ring that was worn by Katie on the night of her murder. The ring had been left in the truck. On May 4th, 2007, Gabriela Villa was sentenced to 69 years in prison after pleading guilty to the 2003 rape and murder of Katie Sepik. State District Attorney Judge Douglas Driggers ordered a villa to serve the sentence after finishing a nine-year sentence that he's currently serving on an unrelated 2004 conviction charge for aggravated burglary. The case was basically the catalyst for this new state law requiring many suspects to provide DNA samples to authority. Public defender Mark Ernest urged Judge Driggers to be lenient and said that Avila was very remorseful, which is like, shut the fuck up. No, the fuck he's not. Like, this motherfucker is remorseful that he got caught. He's not remorseful for what he actually did at all. Like, ugh, I hate when fucking public defenders, I just want to fight all of them, honestly. I want to fight public defenders. That is what I want to do. Avila asked to be able to apologize face-to-face to Katie Sepik's family, something Ernest said was unprecedented in his 14 years as an attorney, which is also like, okay, cool, yeah, get that, but how fucking disrespectful. Like, I don't want anybody apologizing to me after they just murdered my daughter. Like, you have to die now. Like, there's no apology needed, sir. Like, you made very clear how you felt when you fucking did what you did. Like, there's no apology that could ever ever fucking like compensate for that i don't know i don't know you hear these cases all the time where christians are like oh well i forgave him after he did this horrible thing well fuck you that's good for you fucking mary magdalene like what that not for me absolutely not District Attorney Susanna Martinez argued that Avila waited more than three years after the slaying to confess and did so only when detectives confronted him with DNA evidence. Avila will not be eligible for parole until after serving 30 years for his murder conviction. The experience of Katie's parents, Jay Ann and David Sepik, in bringing Katie's killer to justice motivated them to advocate for legislation that would expand the use of DNA to arrest and convict dangerous criminals. So basically what happens is Katie's parents begin researching the role of DNA in solving crimes. At first, they just wanted to find and punish the person who obviously had murdered their daughter. But as they learned more and more about how DNA can actually help authorities and detectives solve crimes they also learned that it could do so much more than that that it could prevent future crimes and save future lives if they were able to stop these criminals now with the dna that they have rather than in 10 or 15 20 years like we see with the golden state killer where they're not able to convict anybody they just have all these bodies floating around The proposed legislation encourages states to collect a sample through DNA profiling from individuals who are arrested or indicted for crimes involving murder, manslaughter, sexual assault, kidnapping, and or abduction. Susanna Martinez was the attorney who prosecuted and convicted Avila. 
When she was district attorney, Martinez worked to pass legislation that would expand Katie's law, requiring a DNA sample for all felony arrest. While governor of New Mexico, Martinez signed the expansion bill into law in April 2011. So since then, 25 states have passed Katie's law or similar laws, um, which these states include Alabama, Alaska, Arizona, Arkansas, California, Colorado, whoop, whoop, Florida, whoop, whoop, Kansas, Louisiana, Maryland, Michigan, Minnesota, Missouri, New Mexico, North Carolina, North Dakota, Ohio, Rhode Island, South Carolina, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Utah, Virginia, and Vermont. In an interview that aired on America's Most Wanted, President Obama expressed his support for the legislation, saying that it's the right thing to do and that this is where the National Registry becomes so important because what you have is individual states. They may have, they may have a database, but if they're not sharing it with the state next door, You've got a guy from Illinois driving over into Indiana, and they're not talking to each other. Some opponents argue that this law or policy is an invasion of privacy or a violation of civil rights. Others comment that since the DNA contains sensitive genetic information, it's quite different from fingerprints. A federal district court in the United States versus Poole upheld that the federal statute allowing collection of DNA samples prior to conviction for inclusion in the National DNA Database do not represent a violation of constitutional rights. In issuing its ruling, the court specifically held that the collection does not represent a violation of Fourth Amendment rights. The court also dismissed claims of violations of Fifth and Eighth Amendment rights. High courts in Maryland and Virginia also ruled that the DNA upon arrest does not violate the Fourth Amendment. Maryland later reverses its claims. And that is the case of Katie Sepik and how Katie's Law came to be about. And I think it's very empowering and powerful, I guess, that, you know, obviously, like, this was an awful situation that happened, that but that her parents were able to use that tragedy that happened to them to really create something that potentially could and probably has saved a lot of lives. But yeah, if you ask me, I don't know. I think that this is a fantastic law. I think that if we had something in place like this years ago, that potentially people like the Golden State Killer maybe would have been convicted a lot sooner or found and a lot more lives that would have been saved because there wouldn't have been this long span of 10 to 20 30 years where nobody knew who was doing this we just had all these bodies showing up but we couldn't connect it to a certain dna like yeah i i definitely think that if you're arrested on a violent felony charge for kidnapping abduction sexual assault or murder that this is completely valid and that i absolutely do not think that it's an invasion of privacy because i think that you don't necessarily lose your sense of privacy when you're in situations like this, but I don't think that you can really stop authorities from using your DNA to try and match that to other cases, especially if you are 100% guilty of that. I think that those families need justice. Anything that you're responsible for, you deserve to serve justice. Like, 
to be served for. Like you deserve to be convicted for, you deserve to be indicted. You deserve for those families to know your name so that they can have peace at night. Absolutely. I completely stand behind this. And I think that it's awesome that that has my name in the law. Obviously that's super sad that a girl with my same name passed away, but yeah, I just found this law one day and I started digging into it specifically just because it had my name in it. And then I found this, obviously this tragic story that really turns into something that probably really has saved a lot of lives. So yeah, like I said, if you guys want to dig more into this, I really encourage you to always, always, always educate yourself and find your own details and on any of the podcast episodes that you listen to, like if you guys do go back and find more details or find facts that I didn't mention, like please feel free to send those over to me because I love learning more, especially about the cases that I'm already familiar with. Um, so yeah, send that over to me if you guys do your own research. And if you guys have any cases that you would like me to cover, you can send those over as well. I'm definitely interested in diving into cases that I've never heard about as well. So I'm open for anything and everything from you guys, even your own crazy stories, kind of like what my favorite murder does. Send me any of your crazy fucking stories. I would love to hear them. It makes me feel a little less crazy when I hear a crazy story, I guess. So again, please make sure you guys go check out suspectpodcast.com. That's where all the merch is posted. Be sure to stay tuned because by the end of the because by the end of this week, I am planning on having the beanies uploaded on there. So if you want to rock a suspect beanie, they're going to be really cute. I'm planning on doing a couple different colors with those as well. But I don't know. I just feel like black looks good with everything, especially a murder podcast. Like I just feel like black is really fitting my vibe, you know? Again, if you have any case suggestions or any crazy stories or any kind of artwork that you guys want to send over to me, you can do so at Suspect Podcast on Instagram or on my personal Instagram account, which is at Katie underscore Kennedy with two D's in the last name. Send it over there. I'm definitely always checking my Instagrams, trying to keep up with what you guys got going on, trying to keep up with keeping you updated on the podcast, all kinds of different stuff. I'm definitely checking the socials pretty frequently. So feel free to send over fucking anything, <laughs> literally anything. Again, the email is suspectpodcast1 at gmail.com. I am probably more likely to get back to you faster on the Instagrams than I am the email. I check the Instagrams more frequently, um, but still feel free to send an email if that is your only way of reaching out to me. I will get to you back back. I will get back to you within the next week or two. You guys are also able to order any kind of merch through me on Instagram. So if you don't want to place an order through the website, I do believe that shipping is a little bit cheaper if you were to do it personally through me. But if going through the website is easier for you and you don't mind paying two or three dollars more, feel free to go through the website or feel free to message me on social media. We will get that process for you. And yeah, the shirts are really cute. Like I'm not even being biased. Um, my boss told me they were cute and she has good style. So I, I trust her. I know she wouldn't lie to me. <laughs> well, moving in to the next week, the next month, we're coming up on April already four months into this year, which has already been interesting in itself. <laughs> I guess is the best way to put that. I hope I manifest I pray that everybody gets their stimulus check this week, that you just wake up and it's in your account. 
Hope you get stimmied the fuck up, okay? Joe Biden owes us money, so deposit that right the fuck into our account, sir. Please and thank you. No questions asked. I do have a case idea already for the next case. I'm not going to tell you guys what it is. I want to do some more research on it. And I think that it's just kind of going to be a crazy case. It is kind of like a well-known one, but not like well-known, well-known like Ted Bundy, if you know what I mean. I'm not going to tell you guys who it is, but I just recently heard a podcast on it probably like two months ago. And then I heard another one on it like just two weeks ago. So got me thinking maybe I should cover this because this is fucked up and it's pretty fucked. So I think that you guys would not like it, but you know what I mean. (laughs) You guys know what I mean. At this point, if you're still listening to the podcast, you know what I mean when I say stuff like that. So we're just going to let it ride. I'm not going to explain anything anymore. No explaining for me. No explaining for me. Well, I'm going to go ahead and end the podcast here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in again for another episode of Suspect. Anybody listening to this, do me a favor this week. If you haven't already left a review or rated the podcast on Apple Podcasts, go and do that. Please, please, please. It helps me so much. And I love reading your guys' reviews. They make me so happy. And then also share this podcast with five of your friends anyone. I don't care if they don't like crime or not. Hopefully they do because then they'd probably be more likely to listen, but just send it to five people. Tell them that, you know, that you think that they would like this podcast. They should check it out. Let you know what they think. Maybe tell them about a specific case that I've already covered that you think they'd be interested in. Just do that for me. If you don't mind, share this with five different people, everybody listening, and let's try and grow our little suspect family. It's already growing every week, which I'm so thankful for. We started with like three listeners and now we're at like 1.4k so that is just fucking crazy in itself I never expected that to happen but definitely want to keep growing definitely want to keep pushing definitely want to keep growing suspect and just hanging out with you guys every week yeah I don't know I really enjoy it it's like my best friends that I don't know but also I do know some of you so I don't fucking know (laughs) yeah well until the next episode you guys please be nice to each other Don't react for no reason to stuff, I guess. And I hope everybody gets their fucking stimulus checks. I am really manifesting that for everyone. Thank you. Hope you enjoyed this case. Until next time, check out the merch. Check out the Instagram. Leave a review. I love you guys so much. And I hope that you guys enjoyed the quality on this mic better this week than my fucking AirPods. We are rich rags to riches baby okay rags to riches bye guys love you